We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, Merry Christmas. So glad you're watching with us today, Branches at Home, and we hope that you're comfy wherever you are, that you had a great Christmas Eve wherever you're celebrating, and that this morning you're in a space where you can experience this good news that we hear on Christmas, the truth that God came to be with us in Jesus. Over the past few weeks, we've been reading passages from this guy named Isaiah, a prophet in the ancient Near East who kind of set the stage for the sort of world that God wanted to create. And as we conclude, as we come to the end last night at Christmas Eve and then this morning, today, we kind of see the conclusion of that vision. We see the apex of that vision. We see it kind of culminate in this person. And after Jesus came, after he was born and taught and lived his life and then died and rose again as we celebrate on Easter, people reckoned with for centuries, what do we do now with this good news? What do we do with the reality and the truth that God came to be with us in this person? What sort of person should I be in response to who Jesus is? And that's what we find in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, these stories of these people that reckoned with that. They wrote letters to kind of understand who God was in this person and what it meant for us practically, ethically, morally even. How do we live our lives now that Christmas has happened? And maybe for you, that's what you're wondering. You're watching this this morning, having celebrated Christmas Eve last night, and maybe watching this today thinking, okay, that's a cool story. It's a story I'm familiar with, but what does it mean for me? And there's an author in the New Testament uh, who wrote this letter, or maybe even a sermon, some people think, called Hebrews. The beginning of this letter kind of sets the stage for maybe how we might answer that question together. So hear this from the first chapter of Hebrews. It says this, In the past... God spoke through the prophets to our ancestors in many times, in many ways. And in these final days, though, he spoke to us through a son. God made his son the heir of everything and created the world through him. The son is the light of of God's glory and the imprint of God's being. He maintains everything with his powerful message. After he carried out the cleansing of people from their sins, he sat down at the right side of the highest majesty." And the Son became so much greater than the other messengers, such as angels, that he received a more important title than theirs. That's good news, friends. And in the light of that good news, let's pray together. God, we thank you for this Christmas day, this invitation that you've offered each one of us to hear this news, that you've come to be with us. Help us understand in our hearts what it means as we go on from this day into a new year, how we might follow you and look more like you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few weeks ago for Thanksgiving, I was in the Houston airport, and I was going through security, and there was a lot of chatter behind me. There was a really tall man, just a few people back, and I'd taken out his electronics, putting his shoes in a bin, and all these people were looking at him. And he looked familiar to me, but I wasn't quite sure who he was, and he was going through security. And then, as you do, you get through security, and you sit at the benches, and you put your belt back on, you put your shoes back on, and you put your laptop back in your backpack. And he was doing the same, and these people were gathered around him, and this man took a picture with him. And so, after the maybe famous person left, I asked the man, who was that? He said, I don't know. (laughs) And he said, but everybody else seemed to know who he was. And then this woman from security, actually, airport security, said, 
that was Waka Flocka Flame. Uh, not a fan myself, but he looked familiar to me, and he was just a few people behind me in the airport. Uh, maybe you've met a celebrity before, seen one in person, and you're not quite sure what to do, run into a senator at Target or one of your favorite singers out in the real world. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you see your teacher at the bookstore, you're like, they don't live at the school, like they're actually out and about, they're a real person. And that's what it's kind of like to meet uh, a famous person. When I was in junior high and high school, there was this author, Donald Miller, who wrote this book, Blue Like Jazz, and it was really popular at the time. Me and my peers, we all read it, we were really big fans. And at the time, too, I was kind of an aspiring writer. Like, I thought about that as a career to write books, and he was this nonfiction writer. And Blue Like Jazz was about him finding and refinding his faith. And he wrote a book about his relationship with his father that was kind of troubled. And he also wrote a kind of road trip book. And I was really captivated by his writing, and his voice really resonated with me. And one time in college, he just released this series of DVDs uh, that taught people how to write, how to be writers. And I bought them, and I was really excited about them. And with those DVDs, he traveled around speaking, uh, teaching people how to write. And he came to Little Rock, Arkansas, really close to where I went to college. And my dad came down, and we went and saw Donald Miller, Donald Miller speak. So I had my DVDs. I was going to bring them with me to have him sign them. And we saw him speak, and we waited in line. And... I stood in line and kind of wondered, okay, should I just tell him I'm thankful for him and grateful for his writing and how much it's meant to me? Should I ask him for advice, career advice or writing advice? What should I say? And I had all these options in my head, and then before I knew it, it was my turn. It was my turn. So I handed him the DVDs, and all that could come out of my mouth was, thanks. <laughs> and he signed them, and I seemed to remember him just kind of sheepishly, sheepishly saying, you're welcome. And he stood up, and we took a picture together, and that was that. And I was kind of embarrassed because this person I'd read since I was in junior high, this person I'd watched on DVDs now was real to me and I didn't quite know what to do with it. I'm reminded of this great episode of Jimmy Kimmel's show, his late night show, and Kristen Bell was uh, hosting for him that night because he was off and Adam Scott was one of the guests. He's an actor on television, Party Down and Parks and Rec. And he was telling the story, it happened to be his birthday, about how uh, he had invited Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, to come to his birthday party when he was a little kid. And so he sent him a letter. And of course, it was the height of Mark Hamill's fame. And so uh, he received a lot of letters. And I'm sure Adam Scott's got lost in the mix. And as he's telling this story, the camera cuts and fog comes in and you see this lightsaber light up and it's Mark Hamill has come to surprise the now adult Adam Scott. But for a moment, in a glimpse of that moment, we see the child, Adam Scott, so thrilled and excited to finally meet Luke Skywalker in the flesh. This person he'd seen on the movies, and they're both celebrities now, but they'd never met before, was now real to him. It was a really great, I think, beautiful image of Adam Scott, just like flabbergasted. He's meeting him in person, and he's trembling, and he's smiling, and he's so, so excited. He's become real for him. That's what happens at Christmas. We, now we read in the beginning of Hebrews this kind of foundation setting the stage in these last days in these days of the past God spoke through prophets like Abraham Isaac and Joseph and Isaiah and Jeremiah in the words of the Psalms it was correspondence it was communication for another on behalf of another through another but now the author of the Hebrew says in these last days and that doesn't mean the end times but in these recent days he spoke to us through a son through himself even People reading this may have even known Jesus or at least known someone who knew him. And in these last days, they knew him well. And so God came to be with these people. 
and they're trying to understand what that means. And in the same way you meet a celebrity or encounter greatness or meet your heroes, he became real to them. These people worshipped this God, and then this God came to be with them. The way the author of the Hebrews describes it is it's like light emanating off of a light source, a ray from the sun, or a beam of light from the crack of a door in a house, or as the Hebrews put it, uh, kavod, the weight, the glory, this person came to be with us, and now we feel them physically, palpably, they're here. There's also this idea of polytropos, the, the, the many ways that God spoke to us before, and now it's in one way, in this single person, in this word become flesh, as we read in the Gospel of John. That he didn't just send another letter. He didn't just communicate something different. He didn't just reiterate what he already said. He came to be with us. He became real to us. That's the beauty of Christmas. That's what we're invited to celebrate today. That's what we're invited to step into. But likewise, there's a challenge with that. Because God came to be with us, because God spoke to us in many ways and now speaks to us as himself in his son, we're invited to do the same, to walk alongside other people, to be present with other people, to care for people in their distress, to give gifts and to give joy and to share our lives with another, to do what God did. Notice God didn't say, okay, here's the steps to come closer to me. Here's the stair steps up to draw near to me. Here's the practices you need to do that are required to draw close to me. God took the initiative. God took the first step. God came close, and that's reality now. (laughs) He doesn't invite us to then do something to then return the favor. It's just the fact of the matter that God came to be with us. And that's the truth and the challenge of Christmas. Maybe last night or maybe sometime this past week or in the past several weeks, you watched the movie Elf. And Will Ferrell, as Buddy the Elf, reminds us these rules that the elves have at the North Pole. And the first rule is live every day like it's Christmas. And for him, that's singing and eating sweets and bringing joy to people and giving gifts. And for us to live every day like it's today, like it's Christmas, is to make Christmas real for somebody else. To not stand at a distance, but to draw close to give joy and peace and love and hope as we celebrated during Advent in whatever palpable way that we can, to offer ourselves, our whole selves, not just our voice or our writing or our communication, but our being, who we are, for another, maybe at the expense of ourselves, to lift up another. And it's central to our work at Branches in this new community that we started this year. Our first uh, core value, the one we live and die by, the one we begin and end with is belonging that we don't assess people before they come here and say, do you believe this? Do you think this? Do you look like this to come? No, you just come. And likewise, we ask that people don't assess us, that they just come and feel that they are part of who we are just because of who they are, because that's what God did. And on Christmas, we feel it even closer. It's even more powerful. It even is more impactful than before because God decided in time that not only do we belong to him, that he belongs to us that he took on flesh, that he was a a baby, this promise that we hear all the way back in Leviticus that uh, he would be our God and we would be his people and that he would walk among us. Those first steps, that walking among us, was fulfilled in this baby. We have this promise now. We have this truth. We have this reality that we belong to God and God belongs to us, not just in word, but in person. That's good news. And it's good news worth sharing. It's good news worth living. 
It's good news to share the Christmas story, the reality of Christmas, to make Christmas real for another. So in that spirit, Merry Christmas. Thank you for making Christmas real to me and to this community, and I hope you can make it real for someone else. Amen.